Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. March into spring with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered, one-gig internet for $59.99 per month, plus a $150 gift card and price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with a free modem, free installation, and free Wi-Fi your way home. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and manage user access for all connected devices with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires May 6, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. A roast as dark as the night, perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes, he's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of spring Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. Wolf, I couldn't help but notice you've barged into my moonshaft. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to see you. Welcome, and couldn't help but notice as well as you completely disrobed before shimmering through my little shaft here. Well, it's hot <laughs> as hell in here, man. Yeah, I just uh, keep it warm for a reason, because we're sort of a spaceship that is idling, but no, that is too much information for you to understand with your little Savlakian brain. Oh my god. <laughs> when do I touch it? Uh, no. Oh, Preferably right. before Thank I you. throw you out the VHS. Oh, yeah, okay. you, can, you, just, you can see. Thank ah, yes. My Moonshaft is ready. Oh my god, welcome to the last oh. podcast. On the left, everyone, I am Ben, hanging out with Henry, and hanging out with Marcus. How you doing, Marcus? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm excited to talk about this subject today. We're covering the moonshaft. This is kind of sort of like a lunar like a... bungalow. This is more of a, some people say moonshaft, but honestly, do you really think about it? It's kind of like... It's more like an apartment building next to Mars. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm going to officially call every boner I get while I sleep the moon shaft. It does. Oh. <laughs> of all of the weird anomalous things to cover uh, in the history of humankind, the moon shaft is by far the most phallic. It and sounds it, like it. It's, there's a lot of it. It's a it's a serious topic to some, to almost none. Yeah. Except for here on last podcast on the left. But you know why so we taking this very seriously? No, this is a relaxed fit. Okay, that's oh. very nice. Okay, loosen it up a little bit. I'll take Henry's words and I'll tell you to smoke a hog's leg, get a little stoned, and have a good time with this episode. We're covering the moon shaft. It's time to go splunk. Yeah, I mean, th this is definitely, a, it's a hog's leg episode, because this is going to be a lot of, you know, and isn't that fun to think about? Isn't this is going to be a lot fun. of stuff like, that's fun to think about. You're going to have a lot of fun thinking about something. I, I have no fun thinking of spelunking, unless it's some sort of bizarre gangbang where all the cum falls from the ceiling. Because what <laughs> happens when you spelunk? We learn from the movie The Descent. You die there. You die there, and there's a bunch of yeah. people with no eyes, and all they do is smell, because they don't need eyes, because it's all dark. And I am <laughs> never going spelunking. Not that anyone has ever invited me. This is all about <laughs> cave curiosity. There's a lot of thought exercises in this episode. And you, like you said, Marcus, is the idea of like, oh, just imagine there was a moonshaft because yeah. that's all the people did within this subject. All right. Well, let's imagine the moonshaft. The Moonshaft, a.k.a. the Moon Cave, was mm. a discovery made in the Slovakian mountains by a soldier named Antonin Horak in 1944, <laughs> right in the midst of World War II. Or it was discovered by Ted Phillips when he made it up 
desperate, <laughs> desperate right. for attention. But Ted Phillips will cover. Ted Phillips is the number one expert in what we know is, is there CD2's. anyone fighting for the number two spot? No. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> number two's first loser in the world of the Moonshaft. That's right. You read that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Ted Phillips is the number one expert in close encounters of the second kind, which is, as we all know, is UFO skid marks. It is anything <laughs> that a UFO, if it touches the planet Earth and leaves a mark, Ted Phillips knows all about it. He's sort <laughs> of like a UFO dermatologist. Oh. But Ted Phillips here, he is the proponent, the massive proponent of the moonshaft. And we'll see what holds up. I can't wait. Is it possible? Horvac, this guy with the Slovakian oh, military. Horak. Hor Horak. Sounds like he was trying to get out of the war. No, no. He <laughs> was he doing? War. He no, was a Slovakian no. insurgent. We'll talk okay. about that. Yeah, a partisan, as it were. All right. And from what researchers and moonshaft enthusiasts say... This cave is evidence that a civilization of some sort existed in Central Europe at least 20,000 years ago, during what is known as the Hyperborean Era. Ooh. In essence, this era is when many of the more popular ancient civilizations, like Shambhala, Agartha, Lemuria, and Atlantis, supposedly existed. And according to the believers of prehistoric civilizations, the moonshaft is solid evidence. There's okay. also one story that says that the moon shaft was a semicircle type craft, a half moon cylinder craft that went balls deep into a mountain 20,000 years ago. That mm. villagers crowded around and said, look, look, dick from the sky. <laughs> and they saw this thing, this, this absolutely sheer mirrored black object just slide into a mountain and just stay there mm. for some reason. Oh my goodness, <laughs> porno in the round, very erotic. Now the problem though, is that we have no firm idea of where the moon shaft actually is. Oh, sure. And we're entirely unsure if the moon shaft even exists. It well, exists today during this hour of speaking. <laughs> yeah, we got 50 more minutes to fill here, guys. This is a weird way to start. Be like, none of it's real. But Tell me, this moon shaft, is this like some kind of elevator for aliens? Ooh, that would be fun. Well, that's because the, on the only evidence we have of the moon shaft is a journal written by Antonin Horak. 20 years after he supposedly discovered it. Oh. But as it goes with massive finds in this whimsical area of archaeology, Antonin Horak's journal has become the stuff of legend, the sort of treasure map that could, and presumably has, driven men mad. Oh my God. Well, according to Ted Phillips, he uh, during his interview on Coast to Coast AM with George Knapp, who, it's, honestly, it's a good episode, but Ted Phillips is like, I have dedicated uh, most of my life since about 1972 on oh. the moonshaft, and some people I say devoted. There are some people who have said the word wasted. <laughs> but not me. Every moment has been thrilling, filled with moonshaft memories and moonshaft moments with me and my Slovakian friends. Well, does he, did he really enjoy it, do you think? It sounds like, honestly, it, it really, it's a really fun excuse to go to Central Europe. Great. Yeah. That's great. Okay. He said it's a, it's about the friends that he made along the way. There are Absolutely. certainly worse ways. There are certainly worse things to devote your life to, and yeah, certainly QAnon. worse ways to spend it. Exactly. <laughs> With all the QAnon documentaries, it was about the friends they met along the way. They just made a bunch of friends. Yeah. <laughs> now, according to Horak's diary, he was the commander of an unspecified military unit somewhere in the Tatra Mountains of Slovakia when his unit was ambushed by a roving battalion of Nazis. According to when the Nazis came and, and, and searched for Horak. What happened was that Horak was originally a member of Slovakian village. The Nazis came when they took over. They, they, they took everybody's shit, right, down to his wife's wedding ring, and then they fled to the forest to become a part of the insurgent army. So yeah. honestly, this whole thing fucking starts pretty sweet because this yeah. is guerrilla warfare between okay. Slovakian villagers and the Nazis, and they're coming in there, bah, 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 <laughs> and they're cutting down the god, 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 and they're fighting with soup. <laughs> They're just like throwing Whoa. ladles and shit at the Nazis. <laughs> well, they, they killed everybody, apparently. To be yeah. fair, a good bowl of soup will distract a German. He <laughs> <It> will. He <laughs> will. Well, in the ensuing melee, Horak was stabbed in the hand, then shot before he was finally hit in the head with a rifle stock, after which he lost consciousness. When he awoke, the Nazis were gone, and Horak was being treated by a local herdsman named Slavic. Yep, oh. but by his busty, busty chest, you'd think that he was his <laughs> wife. Oh, isn't that nice? The only other survivors besides Horak were two fellow soldiers named Jurek and Martin. 
Hmm. And while Jurek... <laughs> Wait, what is that? There's a Martin in this? Yes, Martin. Yeah. It's Jurek, Slovakian d- 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 guy with no toe. What is, and now there's a Martin? <laughs> yeah, Martin. Yeah, Martin. Honestly, it's just Martin. He's dead. But he's not dead yet. Soon. Well, while Jurek was doing all right, Martin was near death. So the ragtag group built a stretcher and they carried Martin to a cave that was four hours away. It was a cave that Slavek already knew about. Slavek the herdsman. I'm um, in his herdsman journeys. Come, come with me. Let's come with me. Let's we'll go to square. I undress the sheep. I mean, I, 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 it's a cave. It's a lie. I don't fuck. I don't fuck. We're going where you fuck the sheep? I don't fuck. Okay. <laughs> now, Slavek was reticent to take them in to the cave because he said he'd only been there once before he claimed that while the entrance to the cave was fine the deeper chambers were full of bottomless pits and dangerous gases in addition to being most likely haunted it's weird because slovak slovak who knows he was very concerned about them going in the cave and he had the whole thing covered with rocks right and there's a bunch of guys dying out front so he's just like he takes all the rocks off they go inside and immediately he's like don't you dare no matter what anybody does go into the back of my cave well it seems like that's where you fuck the sheep yes okay Since the men didn't have much of a choice, Slavek led them to the cave and wrote some symbols on the wall next to a crack at the back and he read a couple of lines from his Bible. After doing this odd set of rituals, Slavic left the men behind to find bandages and aspirin. He returned the next day with his daughter Hannah, but left again to find food. Here you go. Here's a distraction. You fuck a Hannah. Yeah. Everybody come and fuck a Hannah. Fear you the You want cross. us to have sex with your daughter. Anything but go into the back of my <laughs> sacred cave. Is that where you fuck the sheep? No. No. Oh. <laughs> In his absence, however, the weather worsened, and Horak had no idea of when Slavic would return. The food soon ran out, and the men had only hot water and a few drops of an Eastern European fruit brandy called Slivovitz in which to subsist on. <laughs> mm. Oh, I love getting hammered on my old Slivovitz. Isn't that nice? It's fun to drive all weird and slow. Slivovitz is the type of booze I imagine that you drink and then you punch a horse. It could be. <laughs> Sounds like what they might drink in Slytherin. <laughs> Great. Uh, Harry Potter reference. Thank you. Slivovitz. Perfect. Perfectly timed. Great. Kids love those books (laughs) and the movies. Honestly, it's mostly 30-year-olds now. Yeah, yeah. So Horak, hoping to find some hibernating animals to kill and eat, he ignored Slovak's (gasps) advice and decided to venture deeper into the cave. Uh Uh-oh. You know, in defense of Horak, he was a miner. Okay, so he he knows what to do. He's a cave, he's cave horny. He's cave yeah. furious. He's an entrepreneur of the cave. <laughs> yes, he's trying to go in. A connoisseur, he, perhaps. He wants to investigate. He's like, oh, if there's a cave to be spelunked, then I'm sticking my dick in it. He's going to stick yeah. his dick right in there. Okay. Mm. But instead of the deep pits and poisonous gases that Slavic had promised, Horak found that the cave was actually quite easy to walk through. Oh. And it seemed as if the cave had been constructed rather than forming naturally. For an hour and a half, Horak walked until he finally came to a small vent. Still hungry and now also curious, Horak crawled through and found a large grotto decorated with white stalactites and stalagmites covered in enamel-like material. In addition, he also found a large, dark, completely smooth, cylindrical object about 80 feet in diameter sporting a big diagonal cracked opening. If you look at the pictures that Ted Phillip took of the journal entry, basically what you see is that he shimmied through this path because his big thing, he wanted to hunt bats, which seems kind of easy. You can eat bats. I don't know if you can. I think it's bad meat to eat. Well, no, you can eat bats. You can absolutely eat bats. Yeah. They don't have a lot of rabies. Not to be anything. I know that's technically racist against bats, but you don't yeah. think it's bad for the... <laughs> no, bats definitely have rabies, but you can eat bats. Yeah, yeah they're okay. fun. They're like I'm, little, like little uh, chicken wings. Honestly, I'm now hungry. Okay. Yeah. But you go into the shaft, and what he saw was like, it was a cave, but then he saw sort of like a window opening in the sta- the big, huge opening of the cave that featured this mirror-like black surface. Ooh. And he said the first thing you notice is that stalactites had formed all around, essentially on top 
of the uh, the wall area, like what he saw, this like shiny area. So that's been there for a minute. It just shows that whatever that thing is, if it has stalactites growing on it, it must be something like 25,000 years old, whoever. But he was like, he used his mind sense to tell it. Technically, this man has all of the characteristics of a dwarf in D&D. Well, good for him. <laughs> well, curious to test the construction of the object, Horek tossed in some stone fragments and heard a sound indicating that the object was hollow with a solid floor. Looking inside the crack, he saw what appeared to be a large shaft. You don't worry, it does not just appear to be a large shaft. It is, as a matter of fact, a very large, veiny shaft. Oh my God, it's the Lexinator. It's Lexington Steel. Oh my God. It's the yeah, Lexicutioner. I'm here inside of the shaft. Is a German version of it. My original name is Lexonkenschkin. I'm actually going to go back to the Nazis. This is much worse. Come inside. Oh, okay. Well, giving in completely to his curiosity, Horak tried widening the crack by swinging <laughs> his pickaxe as hard as he could. Because, of course, he, since he was a miner, he did have a pickaxe with him. Okay, got the pickaxe along. Got he him. had to equip. It was yeah. in his pack. Yeah. He equipped pickaxe. Strike. 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 Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Found that he couldn't even scratch it. Whatever this cylindrical object was made of. Hmm. And eventually... Horak returned to his friends at the entrance of the cave, but did not tell them what he'd found. What? Instead, he asked them for their belts. Hmm. He said he'd seen some bats, but he was having a hard time catching the bats. What's he going to dress them up and pretend like it's a wedding for bats and then all the bats would show up to watch their bat friends get married because now they're wearing nice belts and trousers? No, he was going to leave the belts out and hope that the bats would naturally auto-asphyxiate themselves. Interesting. (laughs) He told them that he was going to make a rope out of their belts and he was going to lasso the bats. So the Nazis just rushed us into this moon shaft and now you want me, now you're trying to pants me, basically, because you know we're thin as shit because we've not eaten nearly as much as we should. The belt is the only thing making it so you don't see my Johnson. The miners <laughs> gonna mine. That's how I it goes. Yes, so. But there were, in fact, no bats. Hmm. Instead, Horak wanted to use their belts to descend into the shaft that formed out of the crack in the large black object. Once he made a rope, he descended into the structure and discovered that the object was built in the shape of a large crescent moon. Cool. Hence, moon shaft. Moon shaft! Awesome. I don't understand why he wanted to keep this private, though. Because I would run back and be like, guys, we got something big here. Because he did and not I would force want- them all to come with me. They were not supposed to go back there. Yeah, they weren't supposed to go back there. And I would also imagine his friends probably weren't like super jazzed about the moon shaft because Martin was dying and Jorak was greatly injured. And yeah, and he was supposed to be finding all this bat meat and said he's finding all this moon shaft time. And what about but- Hannah? Hannah's they left. torn to shreds. Oh, she left. <laughs> <laughs> she's been, she's never, she never stood a chance with those World War II abandoned soldiers. Oh my yeah. goodness. Um, you know what no detail talks about though that Ted Phillips hits in all of his speeches about moon shaft? He had to take off all his clothes. Huh. So to shimmy through the crack to get into the moon shaft, he had to remove all of his clothing to go back and forth. So the rest of this story, and this is true, takes place with Horak being completely <laughs> new. Because he had to get because he couldn't fit. So he's just like, it's time to get slippery. And oh then he my. just and then he army crawled his way through the hole. Oh, that'll burn the dick, wouldn't it? Uh, just a little bit. Well, yeah, that's what Ted Phillips, his, his pattern joke, because, you know, as you watch multiple things, he's just like, and being naked is not the most recommended thing around stalactites. And you're like, all right, we nah. know that. But now when he, the first time I chuckled, and then the third one I watched. I think I would laugh every fourth time he said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, once Horat got down to the bottom, he found that the floor was made of clay and limestone, Mm. and every sound inside the shaft was extremely amplified. But after realizing that there was nothing to do or see, Horak climbed back out and returned to his friends after putting his clothes back on. There's no fucking roller coaster in here, man. This sucks. (laughs) That does suck. It sounds like a great place to listen to a band perform, though. Good acoustics, good music, good sound. Yeah, like the caverns. Yeah. Yeah. Again the next day, Horak told his friends that he was going bat hunting, but again returned to the shaft. Where are these bats? Yeah, bro, at some (laughs) point, you're going to have to bring me my belt back, number one. Number two, where the fuck are the bats? 
They're like mm. super hard to fucking get to. They man. are? They're like fucking hard though. I know they like sleep all day and they just kind of sit there and I could right. throw a rock at them and shit. But no. <laughs> God damn no, it. I won't do it, man. I just won't do it. Give me a bell. Give me, do you have, you give me your belt? shoes. Okay, here. Oh, you want give my shoes? Give me your hat. Great. This time, Horak brought his pickaxe down with him and dug in both corners of the crescent moon. In one corner, <laughs> he found the skeletal remains of what was later identified as a six and a half foot tall cave bear. Whoa! Yeah, specifically, this was Ursus spileus, a species of cave bear that went extinct more than 25,000 years ago. Moonshaft! Cool. Moonshaft, <laughs> indeed. Where did he, how did, he got a pickaxe, right? Yes, he had a yeah. pickaxe. You have to carry that. I think he put that, maybe that's a butt crack holder then. Well, I think how he, did he hold the pickaxe he when he has no clothes he, he, I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm certain that he did it. You turned it horizontal and then you squeak through. You get through the shaft. Right. Because again, miner's going to miner. He goes, he click, click, click. Apparently he went through about six feet of limestone. According to him, which is wow. something like you could, you could chart it. It's something like it means like 25,000 years ago, whatever bullshit. Um, but according to Ted Phillips, he has the teeth. Because Wait, of the cave bear. So the cave bear, according to Horak, is that he found the skeleton and he popped out the teeth he put in his pocket. And then Horak, before he died, gave these teeth to Ted Phillips. Does he show huh. people these teeth? No, you can't bust a secret like that. Okay. <laughs> no, you can't have it because then we're going to be looking into it and all this shit. Yeah. And like, okay. It's better for him to have the teeth. Great. Yeah. Well, to Moonshaft enthusiasts, the discovery of the bear is key to understanding the entire structure. If that skeleton was at least 25,000 years old, then that means that the shaft had to have been open at some point. Hmm. What had even bigger implications was that if the creature fell in when it was alive, that means that this obviously man-made structure would have to have been constructed at least 20,000 years before the invention of the wheel. That's Whoa! not good. But apparently the moon shaft walls were so shiny. And, and they were smooth. Yeah. And that, that that's what he kept saying is that it's that thing where if you see certain types of ancient, certain types of ancient architecture, like Gobelki Tepe, like those types of things where they, they do have a, uh, a modicum of ability to make shit really straight and really mathematically exact. So th that was his thing. It feels handmade and yeah. it looks sort of like a, like what you'd see in the sky, like a crescent moon, but it was very, very sharp. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, this shaft seemed to have a purpose that was still somewhat active. Feeling around inside, <laughs> Horak found a set of horizontal grooves that were hotter than the rest of the moon shaft. That's the cheese pot. Well, they said <laughs> they keep calling it a grill. Which is like, you're he made that calling it He should have made that moonshaft come. Yeah, rubber, he, rubber, couldn't. Rubber, 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 rubber. he couldn't do it. That was the underside. He oh. went, uh, it was apparently a grill. And he said that he felt this hot air shooting out of it. Mm -hmm. And then he laid down on it. And he, according to him, he heard the turbines of an engine. Oh, oh my goodness. What does that mean? What does it mean? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we just don't know if it's necessarily true or not. But yeah. if it was, again, isn't moonshine. that fun to think about? It's fun it's to think possible. about. Yeah. It's, it's fun to possible. Think about. But even though all this was absolutely fascinating, Horak still kept it all to himself. He didn't tell his companions, and he didn't tell Slavic when he showed up the next day with some meat and his second daughter, Olga. Take her. She's also big up top, small oh on bottom. Goodness. You go, you spin her around. She's bigger on bottom, huh? Oh, my. But once Slavic and Olga left, Horak returned to the moonshaft and opened fire on the walls with his rifle. <laughs> this, he said, produced smoke, noise, and green sparks. Green sparks actually points to a copper mechanism. Isn't that And nice? we'll be talking about that here in a second. Mm. Turns out the Slavs are just like us. We also would just start shooting it. Shoot it! Yeah. Shoot it! You're gonna want to shoot that. Shoot it! Do, you you shoot hey, that? do I need a license for moon traps? You better shoot that. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, while Horak was farting around in the moon shaft, <laughs> Martin died. Oh yeah. my, Martin, you're named all wrong. And with the formerly immobile companion dead, Horak and Jurek were no longer tied to the cave. But before Horak left, 
he visited the moonshaft one more time. Wanting to leave his mark should he ever return, Horak lowered a bottle down the shaft with a piece of belt containing written information and the back of his pocket watch. And you know he gave it a little kiss. It is, honestly, yeah. it's very romantic. Because yeah. if you're down in that moon shaft and you see that little bottle down there and you're just like, somewhere oh, out there, there, up in that big, big moon, moon shaft. shaft. Didn't you, you just really shoot hit it? that song? You can really yeah. hit those notes. Thank you. Very good. <laughs> Then, somewhat selfishly, Horak covered up the narrow passage leading to the moonshaft with stones, inadvertently ensuring that no one would ever find the mysterious passage ever again. It's like when you're really drunk and you think like, oh man, I need to put like an object, whatever it is you have in your hands you're trying to hide, and you're like, I need to put this in some crazy place so that I'll, I'll definitely find it the next Absolutely, time I'm looking for it. Yeah. And like your passport, for yes, example. And then you <laughs> never see it ever again right nope. until you randomly find it one other year when you get equally hammered maybe it was your wedding night you hide your passport and then oh you're divorced you're equally hammered and then wow you found it state specific memory <laughs> nice <laughs> finally horek jurek slavek and slavek's daughter hannah carried their companion's body to the trench where he was originally wounded there they buried martin and horek gave slavek Money to erect a wooden cross at Slavek's first convenient moment. Let's all just pretend that I did. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, how much does that cost? Uh, this is definitely going to cost a uh, well, two pieces of wood uh, uh, with the cross-making service. <laughs> and you, you think about the hours available. No, there's a lot of stuff. You've got to think about the secretaries and shit like that. Honestly, this is going to be about $1,000. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to have to do it. It's going to be about a six-month lead time and, you know, I love that to comfort Martin, they brought him back to the place that he was shot. Just, oh, he's going to love it here. This was one of his favorite places. Mm. He loved it here. We all miss the insurgency. Oh, it was so nice. The way he was shot, he's like, oh, no, yeah. Live from your grave. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. 
Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. 20 years later, Slavek wrote down everything that he'd done in a backdated journal, ending it with the wish that the moonshaft be studied by scientists while sternly lecturing against the possibility that the moonshaft might become a tourist attraction. I mean, you know, I don't think he understands the power of tourism yeah. and what yeah. that would have done to that little village in Slovakia. God knows what goes on there. You know it's just a lot of like, they have oh, like turtle raping contests and they, uh. they go and they eat as much gorsh as they can eat uh. and, they, and, they, and they, a pile of rocks is their mayor in that town. But you well, know the tourism can help. It's not, it's not bad. He no. makes, he's fair. I will take a pile of rocks half of the time. Yeah, you look what happened with Loch Ness. They make a lot of money over there in Scotland. I think yeah, that they do. he was wrong about and this. I bet you they don't think it ruined it. No. I'm sure they don't. It's the only thing that, I mean, chachi shops and all oh, that they stuff. Oh, they love yeah. it when big fat morons show up and we show up and be like, <laughs> where is it? Where is it? F oh, your food's gross. You're <laughs> ugly. Like, they, they oh, fucking my. love us over there, man. Well, I don't think you have to call them ugly. You don't have to, but you will. I'm here from out of town. I'm here from out of town. Well, the diary was then sent off to a publisher who most likely added the coordinates to the moonshaft to help American readers locate the Tatra Mountains. Although the coordinates that they give in this diary do not correspond to any cave at all. It's almost like it's so mysterious that you ha, to even have an exact location would ruin it. It reminds yeah. me of when I was a kid. You know how they used to do the placemats at a Burger King and there was a little maze? Mm -hmm. I got one uh, as a kid. No way out. I'll never forget it. I was like 10 years old. I was freaking livid. I think that you there was might no, have telling just you, been dumb. There was no way out. My mom tried it. My dad tried it. There's no way out of this thing. Wow. Anyway, wow. make sure you have a way out. If you're in the maze making business, make sure there's a way out. So how did you, did you bug your parents to you try it now? Or did you just no, like No, I told them, I said, there's no way out. And then they, uh -huh. they said what you said, Henry. And then they tried it. And they're like, well, you must admit there's no way out of this ridiculous Burger King Kids Club map. <laughs> maybe it takes maybe that's where the moonshaft is maybe maybe if you'd actually discovered and actually worked out that maze you would know where the moonshaft is i don't think they do that anymore with the, with the uh with the fun things the no kids they don't play. challenge the kids no they no. have bones now no they give them awards just for eating chick mcnuggets now wow that's a <laughs> yeah. wow old man wow. quarter yeah. you're Come really you're take. saying it like it is moonshafts aren't the same anymore wow you hot go take. there Wow. Wow. Yes. Are you going to be posting that to your Facebook group later? <laughs> yes. <laughs> my, my kids don't understand Facebook page. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, as far as what the moon cave is, the structure was analyzed in a book called The Moon Cave Mystery by Robert K. Try Les to pronounce his name. What is Les this man's last name? I think it's uh, Lesnachevitz. Lesnachevitz. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, Lesnachevitz. Uh, he, and he co-authored that with Milos Jezinski. Jezinski, because you know what it is? You need two authors because there's just so much information here. It's so hard to parse it out. Right, absolutely. <laughs> like, just... like all those Bill O'Reilly books. You're going to need another author. <laughs> You're going to need somebody in there. Yeah, it's intense. But of course, the only source that that structure exists is Horak's journal. So yeah. really, they're just analyzing Horak's journal. Horak is not going to lie about this shit. All right? Mm-hmm. Why would he lie? Except Why? for all the fame and the money. <laughs> well, I don't think he got any fame or no, money off nothing. of it. Yeah. He got nothing. But I mean, why would somebody, True Talk, real Ben Kitzel, True Talk, why would someone make up a tale in a journal? I think the only old. other way, the, the only thing to say would be, was other things expressed in the journal, were those accurate? Mm. Well, he because did. Because then you can say, well, it's not a lying we'll journal. We'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. The, he had well, the, the whole, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get to the possible reasons why and the uh, accuracy of some of his claims because some of the things can be verified or unverified. Okay. 
Analyzing the journal, the authors of the book say that the moonshaft might well have been an ancient copper ore mining facility Hmm. because copper, under flame, produces a green color, which explains the green sparks from Horax rifle shots. Hmm. Furthermore, copper crystals are heavy and can't be easily scratched. And Horak also described a pungent and unpleasant odor, which could have come from copper compounds mixing with water to create sulfur oxide. So you mean to tell me we went all out, out of our way to call it the moon shaft? We don't know what the hell it is. And we could have been calling it the fart hole? This whole <laughs> fucking time. Fart hole. It smells I mean, like farts. No one wants to mention it. it it's well, bats and farts. Sulfur's more rotten egg, so it'd be more like the, the, well, that's a the, fart. Egg, the egg hole. Well, Ooh. I think you can have a fart that smells like a rotten egg. I, I think you eggs, do. Though. It's a specific egg fart. But that, that's yeah. an egg fart. That's not a fart. That's more methane smell. Sulfur, that's your rotten eggs. You want what, that smell. Maybe. Would, would mm. you step on a duck? <laughs> what? Would you step on a duck? Oh, is that a, a weird old... Oh, We if didn't even fart? make a fart noise. Yeah, I, No, if you fart, you say, would you step on a duck? Oh, wow. I'm, just, I'm confused. I feel scared. You know what I mean? I feel scared. I feel like I'm lost inside of the moon shaft sometimes. Maybe it's that's crazy. the description. That yeah. is it. Yeah. When, K- when Kissel says a f- true non sequitur in which he has had five sentences before us in his own mind <laughs> where he, he has had a conversation and then he says like the end of a, a self conversation to us out loud. Uh-huh. That's, called, that's, in the, that's the moon shaft. We well, just found yeah. it. That's yeah. just a piece of good comedy. If you're ever with your family and somebody <laughs> farts, would you step on a duck? <laughs> yeah, if you would explain any of that. Yeah. It's gonna look but, what, but what's interesting about this hypothesis is that when combined with the discovery of the extinct cave bear, we find a man-made structure that was constructed thousands of years before the first known human civilizations. Whoa. Much less when humans first started mining ore. Hmm. In fact, some ancient civilization believers put the construction of the moon shaft at around the same time that Atlantis is believed to have fallen, making it the oldest known industrial site on planet Earth. Oh, man, this was the whole Lemurian New Deal Act. (laughs) There's a lot of big construction. The the Lemurian Conservation Corps, yeah. Yeah, It was really very nice what they did. They really tried. They put a lot of works in one go. You should have seen Buttplug Mountain. Oh, I love Buttplug Mountain. Now, Horak is not the only person in this area of the world to have claimed to have found mysterious man-made tunnels. A professor named Jean Pajac said that when he was in high school, he explored a series of glass tunnels with his father in the Carpathian Mountains. Oh, ah, <laughs> I do not well, drink Coca-Cola. Well, that's you a great that? impression of something. Ah, much, oh, oh. One, two, three dicks in my butthole. <laughs> ah. Oh, wow. Mm. I don't remember that episode of Sesame Street. Yeah, you're man. You have a, you're on a butthole kick today. He's yeah, been thinking gotta, a lot about buttholes. I really got it. Honestly, it's because I d- couldn't shit for three days, so I was uh-huh. constipated, and then now I've been doing nothing but shitting today. So, yep, butthole on you the brain. Spent a lot of you spent a lot of time with it. I understand. I'm just Absolutely. gonna have to let it pass. I got it out. Thank you for checking me. Yeah, no problem. Now I'm mean, free holes. to do butthole talk. Now, it's that's butthole. now I'm back to put. Now I'm going to pussy hole. They haven't All come cool. for butthole talk yet. They haven't yeah. come for. <laughs> Well, the name of the peak in question here is Babiagora, which in the local tongue translates to Witch Mountain. Nice. Cool. Professor Pajak said that the tunnels were large enough to fit a train through, and the surface of the walls were glistening as if they were carved by a drill. Furthermore, their footfalls made no sounds, as if the floors were lined with some kind of material. Hmm. At the end of the tunnel, the professor said, was a large tunnel with notched walls that formed a spiral pattern, and several tunnels converged on that chamber. You did just describe it, an anus and the intestine. <laughs> I am trying so to I, not, no, I, I am not no, going to do it anymore. I know, but he did just anymore. describe it. Yeah, because that was okay. literally how Wait, that is. About, I was looking at it, I saw it. This yeah. whole episode is just shafts and screwing <laughs> through okay. holes, Great. D- d- diving through tunnels, killing bats. So <laughs> now we're spelunking in buttholes. I just, I wish I wasn't, I just, I'm not Mark Twain. <laughs> no, thank God you're not Mark Twain. Interestingly, the floor was also littered with antique firearms, medieval weaponry, 
and the armor of a knight. Well, that was always oh. my favorite sequence from a never-ending story. Yeah. When they were going through the, if you could tell do you could pure or not, that like testing thing with the two statues that zap the dudes and he's coming up through and you see all the dead knights on yeah. their way through. That's fucking dope. Yeah, yeah and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade also that same thing where there's yes. all these dead assholes. Yeah, fuck yeah. Dude. Well, the knights may have been fine people. They were nah, just man. out there to fight. They were <laughs> they doing weren't they pure. It was the opposite. They weren't yeah. pure. Indiana Jones was the only person who was pure enough to walk. Yeah. Indiana Jones thing. was the one who was pure. He was in the movie. Yeah. In the I movie. feel I'm entirely justified in calling those dead knights assholes. Yes. Okay. They are assholes. They did what? it wrong. The wrong reasons. <laughs> You're not allowed to mention assholes anymore. It belongs in a museum. Wow. <laughs> well, after finding these objects, Professor Pajak said that his father explained that those further tunnels that led out of that main chamber, they led to every country and every continent. Whoa. From Slovakia to Russia to China and even as far as the Americas. That's a lot of stops. That is a lot. I um, I don't know. You don't know. No, I, well, I let, me just, let me finish. Let yeah, me finish. Let before, finish. before you pass judgment upon Professor Jean Pajac. I'm sorry. He's a professor. Yeah. Yeah. An, well, e an egg butt ology? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am mostly a scientist in different ways, butts are shaped, so oh. yeah, I'm an expert. Oh, I just have to get off the butts. No, okay. stay God, on damn the butt. it. This whole episode oh, could be about God, butts. People me. love a good butt episode. Oh, God, I'm better than this. I'm like, oh, God. Not today. I'm a man. No, no, 37. 37 long, yuck years. This is my last show before I'm 40, by the way. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got it. I can, Yikes. I can really 40. feel it. Yeah, you can tell. Hopefully this isn't a, we went to uh, Las Vegas. I'm a little hoarse. Then you're 39 and holding forever, my friend. I'm you're never 39 and holding 40. for another seven days. Yeah. Do you remember when we were seven days? Do you remember <laughs> when we were playing craps and you kept throwing the dice off the table at the poor woman in the cocktail dress? I was throwing them with aggression so I we know. could get the right numbers. Whole thing. Thank you. <laughs> I thought we were gonna get a fight, but I was tripping <laughs> balls and I was getting <laughs> super paranoid. Yes, exactly. Well, Professor Bajak's father then pointed out signs in the chamber, clumsy drawings scribbled with black paint. But at just that moment, Professor Pajak said that the chamber began rumbling and hissing Whoa. as if a train was passing through the tunnels. Once the commotion began, the professor's father said they had to leave immediately. Uh-oh. Once they left, Professor Pajak's father said that the tunnels were made by all-powerful underground creatures that traveled through the tunnels on flying machines. Fuck yeah. And if they would have been caught in the machine's wake... Both the professor and his father would have burned to death. Man, Whoa. I want to hang out with Professor Pajak's father. Yeah. He sounds like he's got good fucking stories. I yeah. love this shit. Now, obviously, we like subterranean. This whole episode's more about the mysteries of what's under the ground. Sure. And I do love that concept still of like hollow earth. They yeah. Godzilla, be versus Godzilla versus Kong technically has made all of the hollow earth mainstream. Isn't that like, crazy? It, isn't that weird, right? It's it fucking it went, insane. I was it watching went, it the other day. It was just like, how is the hollow earth now a part of a mainstream motion picture? Yeah, it's on fucking I mean, a it's summer Godzilla blockbuster. Godzilla vs. Kong. It wasn't like Scorsese's new movie. No, but it's a mainstream. <laughs> still, That's more man. mainstream than Scorsese. It, the yeah. hollow earth is a mainstream. It used to just be scribbled notes in the back of a Nazi's journal. And now <laughs> it's just out there. I wonder, yeah. why would they have flying devices, though? You think underground, you think more of a dune buggy type thing. It's because well, they came here on spaceships. Oh, yeah, yeah, and you're fly. I, I would imagine you could probably fly. You're still flying if you're not if you don't have wheels, and flying through uh, gigantic tunnels would probably take you through faster than flying oh, yeah. around the Earth. Yeah, all the friction. Fly, yeah. yeah, sure, okay. Luckily, Professor Pajak's father said that they had a lot of time to flee before the machines bore down upon them because of the way sound traveled in the tunnel. They could hear it coming from far away. Oh. If they did not, then their bodies would be turned into ash. Sweet. Live from your grave. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Do you know someone struggling to figure out their mental health benefits? The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office is here to help. 
Find us at insurance.ohio.gov slash G-E-T-M-H-I-A or call us at 855-438-6442. Don't wait. The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office can help you figure out what mental health insurance benefits may be in their plan. Call us today at 855-438-6442. Imagine you're at an exclusive party. Across the crowded room, you spot the most stunning man. You spit-take your champagne. He keeps approaching, and then he says, Your tanning session is now complete. What just happened? You found your escape at Palm Beach Tan. Break from the chaos at a Palm Beach Tan near you and leave rejuvenated. Take time for yourself at Palm Beach Tan and take that feeling with you wherever you go. Get up to $25 off your first month featuring Australian gold. Hot guy not included. And the Moonshaft tales are pretty flimsy. Hmm. But what are you talking about? Ted Phillips devoted 38 years of his life to this. <laughs> Absolutely. And when he went to Slovakia to look for it, he couldn't find it. Isn't yeah. that sad? It's like when you're married to someone for 45 years and they die, and then you find out they had a whole second family. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then, but also he said the first group of people went to go look for it were suicided by the Slovakian government. Wow. Well, oh, that's good. the thing. The next that might be some truth to that. Because there is an interesting real-world twist to the Moonshaft story. The authors of the Moonshaft book speculate that the tale of the Moonshaft might actually have been a Cold War intelligence game. Welcome to 9D chess, people. Whoa, this is 9D chess? Russian hackers, bro. Oh, yeah. man, that's so but many her emails, man. <laughs> Whoa, dude, that's 11D chess. Fucking pink hats. Whoa, dude. Remember that shit, man? That's a 7D chess move. Wow. Yeah. 49D chess. Whoa, bro, stop going crazy. See, Horak's tale was first told in 1965, back when Czechoslovakia was still an Eastern Bloc country under the sway of the Soviet Union. Although Czechoslovakia was still a few years away from being invaded by the Soviets and about 30 years away from becoming two different countries, Czech Republic and Slovakia. They had just gotten the IOU from the Soviet Union that they were going to yeah. come and get him. Just, I mean, like, that's as good as an invasion. <laughs> that's as good, yeah. <laughs> Nevertheless, it was still a communist country. And it's entirely possible that the Czech version of the KGB, called the STB, it's entirely possible that they spread the Moonshaft story as a way of implying that their military powers were greater than they appeared to Western forces. Yeah, man, the Stone Temple violets have always been like this. When you go down there and you, because they said one thing <laughs> could have happened. I know, STB. I STB. I said Stone, Stone Temple, Temple violets. violets. That's what I said. That's what I said. Oh, I wow. am Mark Twain. That's I just it. shifted into Mark Twain. That's a butthole pirate. You did it. You said butthole. I didn't. I found a new way to say it. I found something else besides the buttholes, even though there was a bee in there. It was really creative. But they say really? the caverns. This is one of your better you shows. Just, you you can just say Stone Temple buttholes. I just didn't want to say buttholes again. <laughs> I'm trying to do yep. something else. But they said that the, that the moon shaft was filled with semen. And I mean Did they? sailors and robots. Not even robots. They, apparently they said the moon shaft was supposed to have been filled maybe with an invisible army. And that maybe ah. they could be hidden down there like an ancient group of people that well, could be called upon like at the end of the second uh, Lord of the Rings movie. If it's an yeah, invisible and, army, why would they have to hide them? Well, we'll be talking about them here in a second. Fuck you! All right. <laughs> now, there have been multiple expeditions to find the moon shaft. And Horak's story was actually taken seriously enough where UFO researcher J. Allen Hynek, he of Project Blue Book fame, he actually interviewed Horak in 1970. Really? Yes, J. Allen and Hynek was working with Ted Phillips. Ted, Ted Phillips mm. got J. Allen and Hynek involved. They were super into it because Jay, they, like their big thing is they're like, because you know Jay, he uh, he was definitely uh, he was Bohemian. He's from the Bohemian world, so he really clicked over there. He loves Gorsh. <laughs> he absolutely. When he met Tim Tam, the rock mayor of Slovenska, he oh. just they got along famously. You wouldn't believe. Absolutely. Unfortunately, though, no ex expeditions to find the moon shaft have ever been truly successful. Mm. But one expedition does think that they found evidence of Horak. Hmm. On the walls of one specific cave, explorers claim to have found the letters H-A, Horak Antonin. They also found the number 23, 
which would be October 23rd. That is the date that supposedly Horak entered into the moonshaft, and they found six crossed lines, which indicates the six days in the cave that Horak, Martin, and Jurek spent, you know, waiting for Martin to die. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely, it was definitely these things they found. Yeah, (laughs) but no opening was uncovered, unfortunately, Hmm. in that cave. Okay. However, while the authors of the Moonshaft mystery are sure that the Moonshaft exists, they also flip-flop between insisting that it is a part of a 20,000-year-old advanced civilization and a natural formation. Even they can't really decide what the fuck it is. No Which way. actually, I give them credit. Yeah, because in they, what way? Because they do say, that 50% say that it is a natural formation and that mm-hmm. it's possible that, you know, like it's in Ghostbusters. Like, oh yeah, no human would stack books like this. Where like, <laughs> they, they do say, hey, would it be a lot more fun if it was an ancient, super ancient civilization that used this mm-hmm. as a boring hole, or it was the track left behind a giant cylindrical UFO that is still sitting in the center of this mountain? Sure, yeah, that's a better story, but mm-hmm. it's probably mm-hmm. a cave butthole. Okay. Yeah. What's interesting, though, is that there are legends in Slovakia of armies sleeping inside the Solomon Mountain, waiting to be woken up. According to the legend, the warriors are young, they don't age or die, and they're Devastatingly handsome. Oh yeah, so low. Take a look at the, take a look at the spread of food I made. It's actually just a bunch of mints and cigarettes. I hope you're ready to get your dick sucked. This <laughs> sounds fantastic. <laughs> M Night Shyamalan. That sounds like a new movie for him. Yes. Mm. In the oh, end, the big flip mm. is that there's just a bunch of crazy mountain gay sex. In Whoa! It. <laughs> I love that shocking conclusion. <laughs> When one man claimed to have found this sleeping army, and he said when he found it, he immediately tried sneaking away. But before he could leave the chamber, he heard a knight call out, asking if it was time for them to awake. Whoa! It's time to wake up! (laughs) Uh, uh, no. That's what he said. That's what he said. He just called back back and went, Not yet! Not Not yet! (laughs) No! No, keep sleeping! And then he scurried away. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) There is another story from around 1813 that implies that maybe there is some truth behind these legends, or at least there's some natural origin to all this weird shit happening in these mountain ranges. Plutonium, bro! Could be. According to the story, villagers reported that one day their livestock began growing anxious and the weather grew dark. Uh The dogs were snarling as their hair bristled. The pigs were restlessly banging against the walls of their pig pen. And the cows moaned nervously. (laughs) I I don't like the soundscape, but I mean, (laughs) it is the Spotify playlist of cows cows moaning nervously is actually really nice to go to sleep to. It's really nice. What a fun time. Yeah. Then, <laughs> I love oh I love that soundscape nervous farm yeah <laughs> then one night the bad weather unexpectedly stopped and a silence fell upon the whole village suddenly the mountain streams began to roar tiny sparks appeared on the tops of all the trees and the earth began to shake the villagers then heard bangs and thumps like a constant sound of thunder or the sound of an oversized forge whoa whoa Once that stopped, a strong, high, squeaking sound penetrated their bones from all directions. Oh my god, Minnie and Mickey are fucking so hard. Penetrate my fucking bone and your fucking asshole. Yeah, man. Fuck this shit. Fuck the moratorium on butthole talk. You you did this. There was no moratorium. No, I just, actually, I was, yeah. I just merely just said, "Hey, you've been talking about buttholes a lot, buddy," I'm and then just, you put the moratorium on yourself. I but never... you keep writing dirty words in the <laughs> script. You're writing the dirty words. He's not me. Up. He set not me up. That's for like a me to card. sound child. What if when is how is squeaking sound? How is that a dirty word? It's oh, just you I understand. You, you know what yeah. you fucking did, <laughs> you pervert. Like a, like a bed. Like you like said, penetrating having... their bones yeah. and acting like I'm gonna be able to not mention it, even though I'm fucking almost forty years old. I see both sides to this. It is like a big car situation. But Henry, do you have to steal the car? Hmm. Hmm. You're setting him up, Marcus. Oh, oh yeah, I, yeah. No, 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 I don't normally steal a car, but I'll sit in it. Okay. You know what? Honestly, when I wrote penetrating their bones, I didn't. I, no, nothing came about. 
I didn't Nothing know. happened there. That's yeah, weird. That's yeah. the thing. Actually, man. I think you might. That's actually a sign that you might need help, Marcus. Oh, yeah, no, you the, didn't see the, it. You wrote words penetrating your penetrating their bones, <laughs> and you weren't like yeah, at all. <laughs> you were like Nate can't find. No. No, no, no. I actually thought well, about, did you the, think about the, the idea bone, of the, the penis <laughs> in the bone. I, I don't know. I was thinking because I, when I hear the word bone, I think of bones. Skeletons. Skeletons. Mm. Yeah. Because sure. I like skeletons more than I like penises. Well, then imagine it. So you didn't <laughs> yeah, even think right of a now, bone dildo. Catch him when he was 26, <laughs> though. Exactly. <laughs> now, the villagers believed the worst was over. But three weeks later, the earth rumbled again. Farm animals began disappearing soon after, and when a shepherd went to look for them, he found a perfectly round, bottomless hole in the ground, oh, oh emanating God. a terrible stench. And the tree branches hanging above the hole were all leafless and twisted. Oh, I just fucking oh so mad God. at you. That you, you fucking old talk, man. Shit. You make me say, man. Make me look dumb. Yeah, you do think about a heavy set f- uh, fella falling down, taking his pants off there, falling down, and then farting in all the leaves. Yes. Yeah, think about a heavy set fella yes, doing that. Yes, you do. You always do. The villagers had no idea how deep the hole was, and they refused to venture down because right. of the smell. Uh, Barry, you got you got a ten inch dong, right? Uh, yeah, sure. On on Wednesdays. On Wednesdays. Well, it is Wednesday. Oh, um, can you just get that rock hard and go see if it's uh, longer than ten inches, please? I am not just a piece of meat. You to are. You. you are. I. Okay, you got it. Thank you, Barry. Well, they refused to venture down, but. They could hear muffled murmurs coming from below. The villagers decided to leave the hole be. But days later, there was another rumble, and a light could be seen shining from the cavity. Maybe just dump some mylanta in there. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. Finally, the villagers found that the hole had been covered by a landslide. Yeah, Fleetwood Mac. Cover in evidence again. Absolutely powerful song. Now, the Moonshaft book wraps it all up by saying that our precious, quote-unquote, scientific process for dating material is effectively useless. Yes. Because many scientific dating techniques are based on the amount of nuclear radiation present on Earth. Yeah, mm. and I'm certain the geologists that we that are listening right now, I've literally, like, friends who are geologists, and I'm certain they, I'm going to let you know, yeah, you're being called out this Moonshaft episode. Your pesky little science doesn't even hold up to the <laughs> flame of the Moonshaft and the yeah. various buttholes that open up on the planet Earth because your whole system's wrong. You can't compete yeah. with people who just make it up. Yeah, you can't <laughs> compete with it. No, you can't. They just said shit. Yeah. And they wrote it in a book. That's it. Well, All your years of say. schooling are gone. Yeah, they're fucked because the authors of the Moonshaft book claim that if advanced super civilizations like the Atlanteans existed before us, then they would have likely wiped themselves out with a nuclear war. And if that is true, then our current readings would be off base by millions of years. Now, you precious geologists sitting on your piles of money and your awards and your fame. (laughs) And I I know you got into the rock business. No, they got into it just for the fucking money, Oh, no, geologists make a ton of money. They work for the oil industry. Oh, actually, I was being facetious. I thought geologists made fucking nothing. <laughs> I don't think no, all of them make a lot of money. No, work for the oil industry. They make a shit ton of money. Well, I guess, geologist? The, I guess there is a reason here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but fuck you still, I'd say. Wow. Because, wow. That's, wow. because can you argue with that if then? Can you no, argue you with really that? Just then? wanted to tell a geologist, "Fuck you." They're driving home right now. They just had a horrible day. No, I am, maybe one of those I'm family sorry. members is dead. They turn on the episode just to laugh, just to forget no, for a second I, that they I are a geologist. Be, I was being facetious. They're just making up rules. They're just saying They're hypothetically, if Atlanteans first exist, if Atlanteans first exist, and they then did wipe themselves out with a nuclear warhead, if they did all of that, then all of geology is wrong. If, yeah, if that happened. Sure. Sure. Well, they say that the possibility of an Atlantean nuclear war muddles up the timeline so badly. You're right. The dinosaurs are actually tens of thousands of years old, not millions. And that millions of years ago, that's when we had actual human civilizations. The first human civilizations, Atlantis, Lemuria, Agartha, and Shambhala. Do you understand that I'm only 23 years old? I didn't know that. There's a period of missing time within my own life that actually is retroactive. I'm Mm -hmm. negative 10 years younger than you thought I was. (laughs) No kidding. I believe it with all that butthole talk you did today. (laughs) Just young again. (laughs) 
<laughs> the final evidence they present is a stone slab discovered by Russian scientists, which is alleged to be 120 million years old. Supposedly, this slab is a kind of 3D map of the Ural mountain range in Russia, which the authors of the Moonshaft book claim could only be constructed using space photos and complex algorithms. Yeah, that's definitely not a rock with bumps on it. No. Fuck no. Because the map shows... The map also shows 12,000 miles of canal systems and dams, as well as diamond-shaped structures and unknown text. This implies that some sort of civilization was once present in the Ural Mountains. Damn, dog. And honestly, I've been reading a lot of... I've I've been reading too much Graham Hancock to ever be, uh, like, perceived as a legitimate person ever again (laughs) like i have been reading to it so i do understand there is some like they do talk about this shit all the time but i'm i might call bs on this rock (laughs) wow some people are into this rock some people use this rock as proof positive that ancient civilizations once existed on this earth they consider this to be the the rosetta stone to understanding everything about ancient civilizations interesting and but while all of this is probably just a huge coincidence it might be evidence that the history of humans on Earth is far stranger and far longer than we've all been led to believe. They're oh lying to us, man. God. Big clock is lying to us, dude. Wow, the calendar's not chef. real, the dude. The calendar is yep. kind of real, also kind of not real, but it is important so we can catch our flights on time. It's that not real, awesome. bro. It's fucking year 1621, bro. Moon Remember, chef. time is not real. Schedules are. Thank yes. you, Ben. Yes. No problem, no problem mm. there. Yes, Appointments are also very real. Yeah, you can cancel it. Yeah, if you cancel it, then it becomes not real. But then yeah. you become god of time. Isn't yeah. that kind of fucking crazy? If you smoke enough <laughs> weed, you understand that when you cancel on people, you just become the lord of clocks. That's what people think of you. <laughs> That's what people think. They don't think you're flaky and no. then stop inviting you yeah. out. And then no. you're like, why does nobody invite me out? And then they're like, because you never show up. No, no, lord, I'm alone. lord of the clocks. I see. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We learned a lot today. Uh, we have some big, awesome news. So should we mention this comment? Everything. We got to do everything. But also, I want to first tee up. We will. We are planning on a missing time episode. It might not yeah. be soon, but we are starting to work on it. So this well, is just the I don't very trip tip of the fucking moonshaft. I don't want to trip anyone out too much, but we've already done it. No. <sighs> time isn't real past is present future is now um but yes (laughs) we just started working on we've been right we got two issues in the can we're working on a collaboration with dc comics writing comic book called soul plumber uh i can't believe it i'm fucking i'm beyond excited about this fucking john mccray is doing the artwork for us John McCray, he's like, fuck it, you did Hitman with Garth Ennis. Uh, he, right now, he's doing an amazing run on Swamp Thing. Uh, it's oh, fucking fantastic. Thing. I couldn't tell you how super fucking cool this is. Awesome. So, so thank you all so cool. much for supporting us in that venture. And those will be out at some point. October in the not- 5th. Also, we have a couple more live dates uh, in 10 21 We'll be in Phoenix, Arizona. October 2nd. Okay. <laughs> January 26th. 2022. That's a, over there. That's another year. We're going to be in Richmond, Virginia. Yes. And then five, which I believe is it's May. May. It's May. May, May 12th, 13th, 14th. <laughs> yeah. May, May 12th, oh my 2022. God. We'll be in St. Louis, Missouri. May 13th, 2022. Wow. We'll be in Indianapolis, Indiana. Coming to Indy. And May 14th, 2022. We'll be in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So can't I can't, I really, wait. honestly, I can't believe that we're already halfway through this year. We're already yeah. in it, bro. Get uh, over halfway. Do lastpodcastandleft.com for all of our various dates. Get them tick outs. Yes. Absolutely. Very, very and, excited. Uh, yeah. Also, new coffee. Mothman yeah. Red Eye Bland. We're, we've, we're doing a lot of fucking shit. Yeah, okay. we are. We're doing a lot of because, shit. We, because this is like the Mothman coffee. Like, it's actually fucking amazing coffee. It's delicious. We drink, it's Spring Hill Jack coffee. We drink this coffee ourselves. Yeah. He made shit, man. We're, it's met, a we're, specific we're helping. This, this, yeah, fucking uh, Spring Hill Jack. Like, it's one guy 
fucking following a dream so like help this guy out by you know buying his coffee he makes the best yep. fucking coffee he's, around he's running down a dream seriously, very very fast it's just, because he's got to go to the bathroom because he's had his spring heel jack seriously man <laughs> it's gonna make you dump it's gonna keep you awake it's absolutely delicious and it is a two maybe three person team at spring Hill jack coffee these guys most, it is most, super yeah. indie we fucking love these guys and we're excited we get to work with them and honestly it has been already been an exciting year yeah. and i don't physically feel good and July 24th of this fine year, uh, Henry Zabrowski and I will be in Wheaton. We'll be slinging some sweet herb. Santa Anna. We're also in... Um, from noon to four. From noon to four. We're also now in a new place called Sarah, S-E-R-R-A, I believe, here in Los Angeles. So I'm going to stop by there at some point. So thank you all so much for stopping by um, all the places that have our weed right now. And uh, yeah. Last Prisoner on. Project. Check them out. Make sure you know. We're also we're advocating with Last Prisoner Project, of trying course. to make sure... Absolutely. That people can get out of jail for weed crimes. They shouldn't be in there and be in there anymore. And weed needs to be federally legal. We got to well, figure that out. Also, we are working exclusively with the prisons to have our podcast blare over the loudspeakers 24 yeah. hours a day. I think wouldn't that be nice for them? It'd be good for prisoners. Yeah, we'll just have them put this episode specifically in the cells of every solitary confinement prisoner for the next six to eight months. Oh, what if man, we did live at so Folsom? <laughs> what if we did live at Folsom? We played to prison. Um, music does better in jail. Mm. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Oh, Hagin. Magustulations. Hail me, bro. All right. Don't don't hail me, bro. But it's the opposite. Yeah, do hail you. Hail me, bro. All right. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a mysterious room of long-forgotten, moldy mascot memorabilia. Often pitched by ad agencies, always rejected by NJM. Is it real? We may never know. But what is real is NJM's dedication to doing what's right for their customers. Astoundingly, they're proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. Learn more at NJM.com. Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. 